Hey everyone, Jeff here. Cutting in here at the beginning to let you know. So when we recorded this episode, I wasn't planning ahead of time. I didn't know we were going to record it the day that we did and the place that we did. So I didn't bring all my regular recording equipment with me. And I noticed afterwards that there was some clicking and crackling in the background, and I didn't know what the heck all that was about, so, uh, anyway, so I attempted to edit it out, sounds much better than it did at first, but you might still notice some issues, and, uh, hopefully that doesn't destroy your skull, and if you don't notice any clicking, well, I am jealous, anyway, enjoy the show. listening to a mini episode of that's entertainment i am uh, your pop culture maven jeff malone and uh, usually it's just me on the microphone for these mini episodes but uh, i decided to wrangle in a uh, recurring guest one of our fan favorite guests uh here's my dad uh bob malone it's a edition of that's dadertainment dad how are you today hi pretty good thank you for the invitation yeah, so we're, I decided to do a little bit of recap on the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions. We've done a full-length episode of Jeopardy with our guest, uh, past Jeopardy champion Stephen Grade. You can check that out in our backlog of episodes if you want to. And, uh, well, I've been enjoying the Tournament of Champions so much, as much as I do Jeopardy in general. And I've been talking with my dad about it, and I happen to be in... Yardley PA this weekend, this weekend being Memorial Day weekend, which is probably the weekend before you're hearing it. So I said, uh, Dad, how about we uh, jump on the microphone together? And now here we are. All right. So we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to have a little quick discussion about our favorite aspects of the 2021 Tournament of Champions, which was won by Sam Cavanaugh, a substitute teacher from Carlton, Minnesota. Do you think he does the Carlton, the dance that Alfonso Ribeira made famous on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Does the whole town do that, maybe? Well, that's a little outside our bailiwick for this episode, but uh, we're just, I think we'll go ahead and jump into it. So, Dad, who were your favorite uh, contestants from this TOC, and what were your favorite moments? Okay, well... Uh, going in, I didn't remember everybody, but after they started to play, I, I started to remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, Jason was my my number one favorite, and that's who I was rooting for. But also prior to knowing that he won, and you can ask Jeff, uh, once we got into the finals, uh, I was rooting for for Sam. Just liked him. Nice, easygoing unassuming, uh, and very intelligent guy. So those were probably my, my two favorites also liked, uh, Jennifer, uh, and Veronica. I th- called her triple V a little easier to say her name that way. Um, but definitely Jason and, and Sam. Yeah. I had, uh, certainly similar feelings. I mean, I would say I made it, I wrote a little preview on my blog about 
what I thought everyone's chances were going into it, but I made it a point to say, if you're a Jeopardy champion, if you've come into it in a way where you're going to win, where you're able to win multiple games, you're going to win me over at least a little bit. So all 15 of these contestants, I like them to some extent, but if you play the game well and you have a decent personality and you know you're you've got some sort of strategy for picking clues and making sound and aggressive bets then you're gonna you're gonna win me over a bit but my favorite contestant i was able to pick one uh among the heap and that was Mackenzie jones who i just thought had the most amusing personality of this set of 15 unfortunately she didn't make it out of the quarterfinals but she did have a great moment in her one final Jeopardy in the tournament where the clue was the Mason Dixon line has the names of these two people on its Western end or something like that. So her response was who are Mason and Dixon and she had bet zero. So I figured she probably knew that wasn't the correct response, but she presented it as uh, she was able to present it confidently, knowing that she wasn't going to lose anything either way. We'll come to Mackenzie Jones, who had 9,000 coming into final. You wrote down, who are Mason and Dixon? Valid guess, but unfortunately incorrect. How much did you wager? Nothing. Very, very interesting, strategic, going for one of those wild cards, maybe. She was probably the last person of the wild card. She was just... She right. Yeah, one. she had the highest score of anyone who didn't right. advance. Another one other favorite moment. There were a lot of this was a rather emotional tournament I found and uh Veronica uh, especially she when she bet a true daily double, she really seemed to savor the moment and then when she won her uh semifinal, you could see her tearing up right as she won. So Uh, Those were endearing moments. Let's make it a true daily double. Good for you. Yeah, so those are our favorite aspects. Well, So we talked favorite contestants. Did you have other favorite moments that you wanted to mention? Yes. I um, My favorite moments were the the semifinals. I thought the semifinals were quite exciting, especially days two and three, because then you've, you've narrowed it down. You've got nine contestants that are really deserving. And obviously going to pick the three. And at that point, I'm rooting for, you know, who's going to get in there. And uh, on days two and three, um, you had a very strong chance of Ryan advancing uh, and and Jason rooting for it. And it came down to the daily doubles. Obviously, it's not just one question, but they were very similar. It came down to the daily doubles and double jeopardy. And in both cases... Uh, Ryan and Jason were moving along. I think they were in the lead. Uh, and I think Ryan was 600 just, behind. Just, okay. Yeah. He was he was controlling at the time. He yeah. was moving up. He bet a lot and got, and it was a daily double that was not, it was probably a middle value. Um, so he bet quite a bit and got the uh, question wrong. And that um, set him back. And it also... I don't think he recovered from that. Jason also was in the lead farther along in the match. He bet quite a bit. Now, you can always question people's betting strategy. 
uh, where I think it should be aggressive. And most of the players where a couple didn't bet too much. And I'm thinking, why are they, why are they in the championship if they're not going to bet a lot? But um, he bet more than I thought he should have got a question, which was not that obvious, but I thought you could figure it out. And then he got it wrong. That put him now behind who was he playing, uh, Jeff? Jennifer. Behind Jennifer. And then he never caught up to her. If he had either gotten it right or not bet much at all, he would have maintained the lead. He had, they both got it right. And so he would have made it to the finals. So those, um, those were critical, the critical questions. Right. Yeah. I, the, yeah, they were very, very similar to mm-hmm. semifinal games. And, you know, most of the time I'll get frustrated with contestants for not wagering aggressively. Like so often yeah. people just pick out some reliable round number, like 2000, 3000 or 4,000. And like you to give your it's, it, it's you're giving yourself a better probability to win if you bet much more, but there are certain instances where you should really bet minimally. And, these were those examples like, you know, Jason and Ryan in their original runs and throughout the tournament, they were not afraid to bet aggressively, but they should have been more ready to bet much smaller. Like there's good reasons to bet the minimum amount of $5, especially in a tournament of champions where the clues are tougher and if, if both of them had done that, just bet $5 and gotten it wrong and everything else everything else thereafter had played out the same way, they would have been in the lead going into final and they both got final correct. So then they would have made it to the two-day final of this right. tournament. And one thing to consider is almost universally, uh, all the players are picking the higher dollar amounts. So at these points, the only questions that are left are the 400 and the 800. So there's not a lot of money to be made up at that point. So it's both good and bad. You can't make a lot, but your opponents can't make a lot. So you have to maintain your lead. And there's really not a reason once you're in like past halfway or or past two thirds in uh, double jeopardy. And and you should be at that point, you should be marshalling your lead and not playing aggressive up to a certain point in, in double jeopardy, you should be going aggressive or almost all out. But then, then you start to husband that, that lead and and they didn't take that into account. Yeah. I think, you know, so when James Holtzauer was on, when he had his memorable run, he showed just how, effective aggressive wagering can be but i think one thing people didn't realize is he rarely put his lead at risk like he would bet it all quite often but he would do so when there is still a lot of money left on the board and if he got a daily double late in the game and bet a lot it was because he had such a huge lead (laughs) that he could spare twenty thousand dollars but yeah so it's but when you're in a position where you're at like sixteen thousand and second place is at 12,000 and all don't give up the lead. Yeah. All that's left are 400 and $800 clues. You, you could go for the runaway, but then you're putting your lead at risk perhaps unnecessarily. So I think that'll bring us to our last section of what we'd like to talk about where 
we go ahead and uh, compare this tournament to other recent tournaments of champions. And so, Dad, what do you what do you think? Uh, do you remember much about uh, other recent tournaments? I I don't remember them too specifically. Overall, I thought this tournament was exciting, conducted at a high level. Um, I don't think it was that it had uh, memorable characters to the extent of, oh, that's when James was on, that's when Ken was on, uh, that's when Brad was on, uh, that's when Buzzy was on, that's when, um, who was the bartender, uh, Jeff? Do you remember who I'm talking bartender. about? The bartender oh, from Austin. New York. That's yeah. when Austin was on. Uh, you didn't have really major characters, but uh, after a year and a half, I think this was basically a year and a half uh, gap, I really was waiting and, you know, hopeful, and it didn't let me down. I, I thought it played out at a very good level. Um, so it was, I would pl place it in, in the middle of past tournaments. It was, um, you know, competent players, exciting, not, you know, not, oh, one of the top five or whatever, but it was certainly a an enjoyable, intense uh, tournament. Yeah, I thought it was more wide open, a more wide open field. Mm -hmm. Like there were, I identified five contestants who I thought had a really strong chance of winning it all. And one of them was Sam. So he did end up winning it all, but there was no overwhelming favorite. Yeah. Even Jason, who had won 19 games in his original round, I expected him. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, wow. I expected him to be, a strong contender, but there wasn't, you know, someone on James's level or Alex Jacob or Roger Craig where they just, they players who kind of revolutionized the game in their own way. Um, but it, in some way, like these players were the inheritors of those game changing players. Like there's not, there's after James, there's not much, revolutionizing to do with Jeopardy. Although maybe, maybe we'll find out some way where there is another strategy that can pull it off. Right. A lot of people play that way. They play aggressively. They go for the top scores. They, they're searching for the, for the daily doubles. Yeah. So if you've got, if all 15 players are playing with that strategy and at least a third of them do it at least pretty well, then it kind of cancels out to a certain extent, just how effective yeah. it is. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, that wraps it up, unless you had any other thoughts you wanted to add. Um, no, and then the finals were not as exciting, as intense, because Sam pretty much sewed it up the first day. Mm -hmm. uh, he would have had to have a complete collapse on the second day, but he played smart, didn't make any you know, bad decisions or, or lots of wrong guesses the, the second day. So even though um, Jennifer, right, Jennifer was playing very well on the second day, um, she really, she would have just had to completely dominate then. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it wasn't that real, you know, it didn't come down to the second day. Uh, so it was, uh, it just wasn't ex that exciting. Right. And she did get a daily double, uh, in the second round, but only bet about 2000. And I saw some speculation. She might've been playing for second at that point, which normally is disappointing in a regular game, but 
in the tournament of champions, it's the difference between, I think, 100,000 and 50,000. Yeah. So if at that point you think first place is pretty much out of reach, yeah. then that's an understandable play. And the the level of questions, the daily doubles and the finals were were quite difficult. I don't think I got any finals in the two weeks that I knew. Uh, I did get the two daily doubles that, that I referred to previously that Jason and Ryan got wrong. Um, but Obviously, the the level of questions in the the finals, the daily doubles, and throughout are are more difficult, and so you have to take that into account too. All right, so that is everything there we have to say about the twenty twenty one Jeopardy tournament. Do you of want to say anything about Buzzy, or do you just want to tease them about? Well, uh, I guess hosts? I'll tease a little bit. There are actually plans in place to have a, another full length Jeopardy episode of That's Entertainment where we. It's going to have something to do with the guest host, so I won't say anything more. Just, uh, I don't want to spell the beans too much, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have more to say about Buzzy and all the other guest hosts at a, a future date. Um, but uh, yeah, so keep watching Jeopardy! And the we already know two of the people who are who have clinched a spot in the next tournament of champions, uh, Zach Newkirk and Brian Chang, are already five or more game winners. And but yeah, in the meantime, uh, next week I think I should be back for a uh, karaoke corner, and then in a couple weeks, Sam Beth will be back, and we'll be doing our next full length episode. And uh, if uh, you know, do the regular things I always ask you to do. Please leave us a review. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, I guess it's time to sign it off. Well, I'll paraphrase my sister and say, what is thank you for inviting me? And uh, keep your remotes handy and your eyes open.